Good morning, church. Happy Father's Day to you men out there. Probably going to hear it a hundred times a day, aren't you? But that's okay. It is great to see you, and as I've shared with the other uh, two services this morning, I am very glad to see you guys before me. Um, I don't know if you guys know how much work goes into uh, speaking to a camera and nobody out there but a camera and lights, and you're trying to uh, give a message. It was, it was quite an experience Thursday. It was a very emotional day, and yet it was very challenging as well. So um, I wanted to acknowledge our, our pastor for the work that he puts in for it, because I'll tell you what, when I came up and, and we went through the process, and uh, after the message was shared, putting it together on the computer and just looking at the hours that he spends just to provide an online service for those times that we haven't been able to come together and for those that perhaps don't get to come. Um, I got to say, it's a, it's a lot of work, so I, I thank you kindly, my friend. Um, it's, it's really an incredible work. Even when I messed up, it was kind of funny how, you know, I'm sitting here and, and there's so much pressure, you don't want to mess up because the more you mess up, the more work it creates for him. So you're trying to be perfect, and then you mess up, and then you're like, oh, now he's got to cut that and seam it and make it right. And anyhow, um, I'm just thankful because uh, I can mess up in front of you guys, and you'd be all right with it. And <laughs> anyhow, um, I am glad that you guys are here. We are here. It is Father's Day, uh, and I'm here to share a message called... Made in his image. I'm going to be reading from you out of the book of Genesis right at the very beginning. It might be something that you all have heard or read several times. Sometimes I like to uh, close my eyes and just listen to it and try to imagine what it might have been like when God did this. But it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was Without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the, the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered in together in one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let there... Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse from the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. 
And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas in the seas and let the birds multiply upon the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps upon the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. It's pretty amazing at all the things that God created that oftentimes, if we're not careful, we might take it advantage of it. But, um, you know, I, I come up to the church when we come together for prayer in the morning at 7, and I get to drive down High Line Road and just stare at that mountain that seems to capture my attention every single time, whether I'm driving, whether I'm running, whether I'm riding a bike. It just, it's a, it's a glorious thing. Um, in fact, uh, the scriptures... In, in, in the Psalm 19, the writer says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above uh, proclaims his handiwork. Gives testimony to the reality that all that you see gives glory to God. And when I read that, and I kept thinking about that, I couldn't help but uh, think of a story about our exchange student, Deletta. Um, if you guys have never had the opportunity to meet her, she was this wonderful young lady that... Um, Spent probably the last little over 11 months in our home. A lot of smiles, a lot of laughter, a lot of joy. Just a wonderful young lady that just brightened our day every single day. And, um, but there was a story, there was a time, if you guys don't know, I don't know that I see any seniors in this room, but uh, the seniors of the Tehachapi High School, they get the opportunity to participate in all these events that the seniors get to do their senior year. And... Um, exchange students when they come, they get to participate as a senior in some of those events, and one of them was the senior sunset, or yeah, senior sunset is what they call it. So the first time that uh, we got together, we, we uh, took her down to the park where I guess the ASB students set this up, and we went down and we dropped her off at the park, and there was kids everywhere, and uh, it was down at Meadowbrook Park, and so she stayed for a couple hours and then called us to pick her up, and you know, how did it go? And I think it kind of was more of a, just a gathering more so than a sunset. But uh, regardless, uh, it wasn't sufficient, I suppose, because they came up with a second senior sunset that they were going to do. And this one was at a different alternate location that I was uh, unfamiliar with. And so uh, Tiffany and I, uh, doing our due diligence, we started to ask questions. And some of these questions weren't exactly ones that she had answers to. And we kind of caught wind with some of the other students and just stuff that kind of runs around. I didn't know how comfortable we were with her going to this other one, especially some of the stuff that transpired during the first one. And so we asked her these questions, and um, it came time where, where that day came, and she ended up going with the Ramoses to go hang out with Julia and their family to, uh, to go down and do stuff. And I told Goose, I'm like, Goose, if you don't make it back, that's quite all right. I'd be perfectly fine if you're late, even if she stays the night. I just would prefer that she not go. And 
you know, not that I want to withhold her from anything, but uh, boy, just the joy that we had. I'd hate to spoil it over one night of, you know, some of the stuff that takes place. But uh, she made it home on time, and, and she was ready to go, and we were going to take her. But we asked some questions, you know, are parents going to be there? Um, and we, we kind of always gave her a way out. If there's drinking, smoking, all that stuff, you just give us a call. We won't ask any questions. We'll just pick you up, bring you home. No big deal. So we asked these questions, and um, long story short, I'm walking down the hall. I go to her room, and I'm like, all right, Dee, let's go. I'm going to take you. And um, she goes, Chris, I don't think I'm going to go. And I'm like, well, why not? And she says, well, I don't, uh, I know you guys had some concerns. And she goes, I don't know what's going to be there. And I would rather just not go than for you to have to worry about me. And I thought, man, that's, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, of course, then I'm, I'm like, okay, are you trying to shame me or guilt me into letting you go? So, but long story short, I said, are you sure? Because I'll take you. I said, I just, I need to know a couple of these things, Dee. And she goes, no, I don't really want to go. And I said, well, can I show you something? And so she goes, yeah. And she was always a good sport about everything. So we drove over to the, to the Starbucks down there, got a couple of hot teas because uh, we both like hot tea. And, uh, and I drove to this spot up on the mountainside over here that I used to run to from my old neighborhood. And occasionally I still go there if I need a hard run. But uh, we drove up there, and then there's this little cul-de-sac of a street. It's got a couple houses there, but the end of this little cul-de-sac is almost like this drop-off, and you see this, this, this mountain over here. And um, the image of the uh, sunset was incredible. So we got parked there, got out of the truck. Uh, she's like, okay, so what are we going to do? And I dropped the tailgate, and we sat on the tailgate, and this is what we stared at for uh, a little bit of time, at least for as long as it lasted. I'm sure you're going to see it here in a moment. <laughs> but that's okay. It's worth the wait. Look at that. That was Dee's second senior sunset with her and I on the tailgate of my truck drinking hot tea from a Starbucks. Um, you know, there's a couple other pictures that we took that it's not that I wanted to take them, but she loved to take pictures for memories of things that she experienced here. But it sparked a lot of conversation, a lot of conversation that maybe some of you have had with some of your kids or maybe other teens or, or, or children that you, that you may have come across. But uh, a lot of things about my faith and the, the, the pinnacle, if you will, of the conversation came in this question. She goes, Chris, how could you be so sure? How could you be so sure about God? And so I went on to share some of the experiences I've had uh, and why God is real to me and some of the things that have taken place in my life that have given me the assurance that he is real and everything that the scriptures say about him are true. Um, long story short, um, in all of this, as beautiful as it was, as beautiful as the, we went actually to go see the giant sequoias as well, and those were just amazing, of all the beautiful things that you see in this earth, and you'll see a lot of them if you get to travel a bit, there's one thing, the greatest thing that God created that far surpasses any sunset, any ginormous tree, anything that you could ever imagine, the stars in the sky and the miraculous everything uh, and, it, and it goes this way out of Genesis. It says in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens 
and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Folks, we are sacred. We are created by God, for God, in his image. And it can seem a little confusing, right? Because we all don't look the same. If you look across the room, we all look different, right? And I kind of giggled a little bit during the the service prior because, you know, when when Goose gets up to pray for me, I don't come up and stand next to him because he's taller than me. It makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) But, no, I'm I'm confident in, in who I am. It's how God made me. But it doesn't take long for us to see the differences that we have in one another, right? We have different color skin. Our eyes are different. Your fingernails, or excuse me, fingerprints, each one of us has a unique set. Our DNA that as science continues to to strive to understand the human body, three and a half billion bits of information in your DNA, and we're all different. Just the eyeball alone is just miraculous. I don't know if you guys ever done that in science where you dissect an eyeball of any sorts, right? It's just, wow. And God made that. It's the... It's the absolute consummation of all of God's glorious creations is in you and I sitting right here. And yet with all these differences, how can we all share the same image? In fact, God didn't just say he made man in his own image, but he made man and women in his image, which then totally throws a monkey wrench in it, right? Because men and women are completely different, but yet we both were made in the image, bless you, of the almighty God. So how do we describe the image of God? We obviously can't do it by saying black hair or brown hair or green hair or this color skin or that color skin, while maybe a lot of historians may, may want to try to put a, a picture of what God may have looked like in the form of Christ, right, uh, based upon the region that he lived and so forth. But I thought, you know what? What better way than to, to, to discover what the image of God was than to look at the at the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and his earthly ministry. See, we're not the first persons that have ever asked that question, right, of what does God look like. I'm sure if, you, if you've ever had those conversations with your kids, they're gonna, they kind of want to know because they want to see. I don't know, we're curious creatures, I suppose, but um, we're not the first ones to ask it. In fact, the disciples asked God, asked Jesus the very same question, and it, and it goes like this out of the... 14th chapter of John. Verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him. And I got to stop there for a minute. I felt just like that when Deletta asked me, how can you be so sure? We got to be ready to give an answer, right, church? To anybody that might ask a question about how we could be so sure. Jesus responds to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Stop. So are you trying to tell me that then whatever that Jesus might have looked like right then, that must be what God looks like? He goes on to say uh, in verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me 
has seen the Father. Well, if God's word is the truth, which I wholeheartedly believe that it is, if we can only just look at the life of Jesus Christ, we will know what the image of God is. And so what, what kind of things uh, would describe Jesus? He was graceful. He gave grace. He showed mercy. He felt compassion. He spoke truth. He loved hard. He modeled piety and humility. I mean, if you look at the stories of Jesus through the Gospels, every interaction he had displayed the glory of God and just the way that he just shared life with them. I mean, when you think of the woman at the well and how he interacted with her or the woman that was caught in adultery, if there was ever a time that mercy was shown. Peter, after he denied Christ three times, what did Peter probably deserve, but what did he receive instead? To the woman with the hemorrhage and Just the list goes on as Jesus interacted with the people. Here it was, the God, the creator of all the earth, of you and me and each and every one of us in this room, right there interacting with his people. On display was the image of God in all its attributes, right? And let's, you know, we don't want to forget that we were created men and women, right? And so this unique blend when the man and woman come together and and turn into one flesh, right? And we automatically think, okay, somehow they're going to gel because the television set does it, right? The movies are kind of cool. And we can, But when I think about it, we do. When I think of my wife, Tiffany, and how she is everything I'm not, and I am everything that she's not, but yet together we kind of do something right, I guess, at least for the last 23 years. All that to be said, how did we end up getting here? If, if, if we were all created in God's image, how is it that we are so hung up on our differences that we can't see eye to eye? If you guys watch the television set or, 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 or if you participate in social media, it doesn't take long to see that we are broken folks, sinful folks. We're at each other. Not only are we at enmity with God, but it's very apparent we're at enmity with one another, sometimes even over just the very look of one another. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's anyone in particular, but we're, we're not reconciled to one another. And a lot of it has to do with because we're not reconciled to God. You see, last week, if you were here, Pastor Rob shared a message called Get It Right. You remember that? How many of you guys are like me and you're like, yep, I had a long time trying to get it right. I was the guy that tripped over the shoelaces that didn't exist in my pull-on shoes, right? You make those decisions and you live with them and you grow from them and you just, as hard as you try, it just isn't ever good enough. It isn't ever right and you continue to stumble in this life. See, he, he talked about a way out of that is that we can be reconciled to God, that we can stand justified to God through Christ should we just surrender to his lordship and that when we do surrender to his lordship and stand right before God, it it allows us to trust in God. I think even at the end of the service, he gave you guys an opportunity to give your life to the Lord. In every single service that we come in here, I want to tell you guys, you don't always need a personal invite by the preacher up in front of you. At any given moment in this room, God will take you where you sit right now and you can give your life to him. 
we like to share it and we like to invite because we like to celebrate, right? But I want to tell you the life of the believer, those that have given their life to the Lord, Paul writes to those in Colossae, it gives a great example. But he says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, the earthly in you. What is earthly in you? Excuse me. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. If these you too once walked when you were living in them, excuse me, in these you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger. Have you seen much anger on the television set? Wrath. Have you seen much of that? Malice. Slander. And my, my favorite one, the obscene talk from your mouth. That doesn't always have to be those four-letter words. We can kill each other with our tongues. Paul says to get rid of those. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are a new creation, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. I had to stop there when I read that because it is in Christ where we are reconciled to God and therefore renewed in our knowledge and wisdom and discernment of the Almighty, and we then are put back into right standing and into the original image to which we were created. And that was his image. And here's what it has to say about that. Here there, is a, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. I could add in there black, white, green, purple, boy, girl, tall, short. All of us. There's none of that. There's just Christ in all. Excuse me, Christ is all and in all. That's each and every one of us, regardless of what we look like. Put on then as God's chosen ones. And this is interesting. This is that image of God part, right? Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Does that sound like Jesus? Kindness, that sounds like Jesus. Humility, again, sounds like Jesus. Meekness. And here's the stinger, right? Patience. Whew. Let that one sink in for a minute. I know I have to revisit that one sometimes. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Well, I'll tell you what. The secret, if you, the secret to a, a happy, healthy marriage for you kids that might get married one of these days it's forgiveness. Of all the things, forgiveness works wonders in a marriage. And don't keep score because, you know, if Tiff and I did, I'd be up here and, well, she'd be up here and I'd be down here. She has to do a lot more forgiving, I think. But regardless, it's, it's not about keeping score. It's just about the forgiveness in itself, understanding that we are all broken people. But yet, when we are all created and sacred human beings in the image of Christ, we, we forgive one another. And it says, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. If you guys don't ever get an opportunity to come to the 830 service that we have, Rob and, and Sandy, they, they put forth some of those old hymns. I don't know how old they are, but I'm, I'm not a hymn guy. I don't claim to be, but it's pretty awesome service. And a lot of our seniors come because that's kind of what they grew up with. And it's a, it's a wonderful time. And, and some of the words used in the hymns, they're just, it, it really gets to your heart. So I just want to encourage you that if you have that opportunity. But it says to sing these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I got to go back to that story about Deletta because I didn't quite finish some of that. And, you know, I tried for this last week. I'll tell you, I was trying to get back with that girl to finish that conversation on the mountain, but she had so many friends that I, I couldn't find a, a moment. I mean, it was, even for the last week, I think we were up till midnight every night. And I'm just thinking, Tiff's like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed. And I'm like, well, what about all these kids, you know? But, um, yeah, so we didn't get any sleep or anything for this last week. Uh, but the opportunity came where we were able to, on the last night that she was here, we went to dinner. Um, it was really quite simple. We didn't want to cook. We didn't want to clean. We didn't want to do any of that. So uh, Tiffany wasn't quite home yet, but we were going to walk to the TK's pizza joint. And so Tiffany uh, was on her way home from where she was at in Bakersfield and uh, Kyler and Deletta and myself, we started walking and we walked to the pizza joint and we ate and I was like, okay, here's my moment because I know the minute we get home, kids are going to show up. So I'm like, hey, Dee, you want to walk home? She goes, yeah. And always a good sport about it, right? Um, so we're walking home and we start to finish that conversation that had started out there, um, you know, just especially in light of uh, the big going away party that we had at our house where... 5,000 people showed up, it felt like, where we're convinced we need to buy a bigger home after we just got done selling our bigger home a couple years ago. But uh, the girl was loved, I'll tell you. Um, now, so, some of you may have had a lot more interaction with Dee than I have or in the sense of, like, uh, hugs. I got to say hugs. She's not a big hugger, at least not with me and Tiffany. And I think she probably hugged Kyler more than she hugged us, right? And it wasn't nothing weird. It's just you kind of sense that with some people, you know? And you can, I even got to the point when she first got here, I had to watch because she would sometimes only hug with one arm or side hug, you know? So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to respect that because I, I don't know what it's like for her at her home. So, um, but there was three times that she hugged me. And I, and this this makes sense, folks. There was a moment when I was making my rounds because one of my older sons was home while his school and everything was shut down. Um, but I was making my rounds to say goodnight to everybody, and I went in to, to say goodnight to Dee, and um, she asked me a question, which then sparked a conversation. Next thing you know, I'm sitting on the floor in her bedroom, and we're talking. And... I started talking about all the knucklehead mistakes that I made as a kid and 
Um, I think one of the conversations was like her birthday was coming up and she was going to be turning 18. I said, yeah, Dee. I said, you know, when I was 18, I had a son and I was married. I said, in fact, I had to sign for, um, oh, goodness, I'm having a brain fade. I had to sign to have custody of my wife because she was underage. And so she got a giggle out of that. But just nonetheless, we were talking about this relationship that we had and just story after story of just how God has carried me through all of these difficult times. And, and by the time it was done, she goes, Chris, why are you telling me all this? I'm like, Dee, I don't know. I just, I want you to know that no matter what you do, God will not turn his back on you. He's offering you a relationship at every moment, you know, and so we got to the end of the conversation, and I went up to, to say goodnight to her, and we have this little handshake that we do, right? Maybe you guys seen us do it, but it was just, it was our thing. Well, she smacks my hand away, and she grabs on and hugs me. You know, the other two times was just uh, the last night when she when I went to say goodnight for the last time, you know, that was another time she wouldn't accept a handshake. And then um, at the airport, we had a, we were running late, but she had the Kung Fu death grip on Tiff and I's neck, and I don't think she was going to let go. Um, but she was watching. I brought this card that she left on my nightstand. She snuck in there, I guess, before we left to the airport. And I'm not going to read it all to you, but I do want to read this part. That it says, I'm happy that I had the chance to be a part of your family. The love that you and Tiffany share is indescribable. For my future, I'm going to keep your guys' relationship as an example to me. She was watching. That family's not just Tiffany and I and Kyler and Andrew and Josh. This is the family that she was watching. The interactions that she had with some of you, those moments, you guys know. For those of you that had the chances with her, you know how special she was. You know the impact that you had on her life and her on your life. Even the last one to show on the skateboard ride with the helmet in my living room. That meant a lot to her, by the way. But she's not the only one that's watching. There are others that are watching. Other students that are watching. If you haven't figured out, oh, there we go. I was delaying. These students are getting together with us on Wednesdays and Thursdays, in my living room on Fridays, with Goose at the Park on Saturdays, on Zoom meetings on Sundays. They're doing work on Mondays. They're in prayer groups on Tuesdays. These are the others that are watching us. 
These are the others that are paying attention to how we love and interact as a church. That we are influencing. That as we share the love of Christ with one another, they too are learning how it is to be a part of the church. The young ladies up there, men, they're paying attention. They're learning how they're going to be treated. The young men up there, they're learning how to treat the ladies. And the way we interact, they're learning how to treat one another. What's in a healthy relationship, a not so healthy relationship. Every time you men open the doors for the ladies, they're learning it. So this is the opportunity that I wanted to kind of shift gears just a moment to, to share with you men in the spirit of Father's Day, right? Because um, most of you men, if you're a father, you're a husband. And I know not all of us have gone that route. I know I was a father before I was a husband, but, you know, God fixed that. But this is just absolutely applicable. This is where I believe it starts. This is where I believe we, we, we restore the family that is currently under attack. It says here in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. I gotta be honest with you guys. If I was to love Tiffany the way that Christ loved the church, that means I gotta look at myself and maybe some of the things that I put Jesus through and what he's had to give me compassion and forgiveness and mercy and grace on. And ultimately on the cross, he gave up his own life for me. And what they don't say here in the scriptures is that Jesus didn't wait till we had our act together before he did that. Men, we don't have to wait until our wives fall into some superficial way of, of being our wives before we love them the way that Christ loved the church. That's not a stipulation to it. We love them when they're the best. We love them when they're at their worst and everything in between. It's hard. And I've failed miserably, miserably at it from time to time. I mean, I'm just thankful. I, I got to say, you know, T Tiffany's a pretty incredible woman. She, she probably makes it really easy on me. And I'm just, you know, probably would make more of it than I would. But... Men, as we love our wives as Christ loved the church, these students, and even the children, I didn't have a picture of them, but these students, they're paying attention to that. And they, were, they are learning. Those future husbands and wives up there, future fathers and mothers up there, they're learning what it means to be godly parents, what it means to be godly people, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it, I, I have to say, I, I'm not... I don't want to sound partial, but man, it does start with us. I, I will take that. It starts with us. Seems a little bit difficult, Chris. Well, before Paul says this to the church in Ephesus, 
and, and, and starts talking to the family. Earlier in the letter, he says this. And this kind of goes back to Pastor Rob's message last week for those that have surrendered their life to Christ and, and taken on all that comes with that, right? But he says this, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, which was shared last week, the gospel of your salvation, which was shared last week, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We're not alone. Jesus left and, and, and left us this, this gift of the Holy Spirit that while it may seem like a battle sometimes, it's that Holy Spirit that compels us to look past each other's faults sometimes so that we might see the true identity of another person, see the, the true sacred nature of another person. It, it's what allows us to see past the color of another person's skin or, or maybe their smell or maybe their look or maybe how short they are. Don't laugh at me, Riley. It is the Holy Spirit within us that is bringing us and restoring us back to the image that we originally recreated so that we could be not just restored in relationship with one another, but that we would be restored in the relationship with our creator. So I want to pray for you. And I'm thankful that I made it through that one without any tears. You know, I've, I've never had a daughter. I didn't know what it was going to feel like. It's a learning experience. But for you, uh, for you families that have young ladies that, man, if they're even half as wonderful as Deletta is, hold on to that. Continue to pour into that. They're watching. They're truly watching. But um, I just want to pray for you, and I'll let you go because I think I'm a few minutes late. Father, thank you for this time. Um, amazing sometimes, Lord, that even as I feel like I have all my thoughts together about what I, what I am meaning by this idea that you created us, Lord, with the capacity to love and to show compassion and to offer forgiveness and to uh, just walk in humility before, before you, Lord, you've given us all this, Lord, that it, while I might think that the thoughts are straight, Lord, in, in, in these experiences that we have in life that are trying sometimes and they, they tug at our heart and they, they tug at our emotions and it, it challenges us sometimes, Lord, to, to, to try to find and make sense of it. Uh, Lord, your, your grace abounds and you, you still come in and, and, and give us what we need in those moments. Father, I'm thankful for this church what they've done in my life, what they've done in my family's life, what they've done in Deletta's life, Lord. The love that they share. Lord, it's amazing that when the scriptures say that they will know us by our love, Lord, I saw that. I gave testimony to that as this young lady who was perhaps a little bit skeptical as to the, the knowing and certainty of this Jesus but yet it's very apparent that at the conclusion of all the love that she was shown, that she certainly acknowledged that from this church family. I'm thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful for the time that we get together. I'm thankful for all those students on that picture, Lord. 
each and every one of them unique in their own way. Lord, I can testify as, as Goosewood shared, not all of it's easy. Some of it is very, very difficult. But if I look in the mirror long enough, Lord, I can be very, very difficult. But you, know, uh, you love me nonetheless. And you continue to reach and reach and call me. You were very patient, Lord. And I'm grateful for that. Lord, teach us patience with one another. Teach us forgiveness for one another. Lord, if there is one in this room today that maybe not, maybe quite hasn't made that decision to give their life to you, Lord, I, I pray that your Holy Spirit right now would be speaking to their heart. That, they, that your spirit would r- reveal to them the reality of what they were created for, that they might surrender. Thank you for the fathers that are in this room, Lord. Thank you for the love that they've not only shown their own children, but Lord, there's some men in this room that have shown much love to me and, and been just like a father to me as well. I'm thankful for that. So be with us now, Lord. Continue to speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us not to forget what you've done for us. For the greatest joy that I found was when we sent this young lady away and she truly understood what it means to be loved by you. Thankful for that, Lord. So be with these folks, Lord, your people. Help them be your light. Help them bear the image, Lord, that you've given them from the very beginning. And as you continue to sanctify us by by just washing us clean, Lord, may we be the image bearers you created us to be to bring you glory. I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Happy Father's Day, men.